Hello and welcome to Rooftop, the UK's only dedicated roofing podcast brought to you by NFRC. I'm Phil Campbell. And I'm Pip Applegate. In this podcast, we interview industry figures, thought leaders and technical experts to make sure you are leading in roofing excellence. We will also bring you regular features, which will include things like topical news discussions, technical tips and guidance to help you stay safe on site. We're continuing to record out of the studio for this episode, so apologies for any audio glitches. In this episode, we'll be talking to our special guest, NFRC's Head of Careers, Ruth Scout, about employment within the roofing sector, challenges the sector faces, but also the opportunities it holds. Just ahead of welcoming Ruth, we thought it would be amiss not to mention the success of the 2021 UK Roofing Awards held earlier this month on the 5th of November in London. The roofing sector had waited two whole years for the event because of the pandemic, and this time it was attended by over a thousand guests, and so it was the largest UK Roofing Awards event to date. Yeah, it really was a Roofing Awards to remember. <laughs> uh, so contractors and roofing suppliers gathered to reconnect and network and celebrate the industry for which they are all part of. And Pip, um, I'd just like to special thanks as well to all the sponsors who really did make the day possible. Yeah, absolutely. There were a total of 19 awards given out to both individuals and contract companies, all showing truly fantastic examples of workmanship, skill and passion within the roofing industry. So Pip, which was uh, your favourite winner? So my favourite was the Clifftop Project by Rolls Broderick Roofing Limited, which won the fully supported metal category. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a unique development of five luxury lodges, um, which were sort of hewn out of the Portland Stone Cliffs, um, an area of uh, or a site of special scientific interest and it stood out for me initially because the materials and the finish were stunning mm. um, and you can see a lot of effort went into selecting things um, which were sort of was respecting the natural environment of that Jurassic coast yeah, um, yeah. The, the design in, in itself was maybe not the most complex but I think the work was all done at single story level and actually went down to ground level so you know, Rolls Broderick were aware that the client uh, would be able to kind of touch and see the materials. And so everything had to be finished with extreme care, both to look amazing, but also to make sure there weren't any sharp edges and so on. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was just a beautiful way of showcasing traditional materials and workmanship on a stunning kind of building with such striking results. And it obviously goes without saying, I'd quite like to stay in one myself, anybody's listening. (laughs) (laughs) maybe next summer yeah Yeah, exactly exactly how about you phil which which project stood out for you yeah so i really like the heritage roofing winner which was um ellis and co restoration and building for their little sodbury manor project Mm -hmm. so this was a grade one listed stone built hospital manor house um dating back to the 15th century so clearly this was a very historic um building um both henry the ape and anne boleyn stayed at the property and 1535 so going back wow. some time um so this is obviously um took quite a lot of craftsmanship to make sure that they kept the original style of the building and it took seven people over two months to complete it Gosh. what i really liked about this was um that they took on tiling lead work and stonemason apprentices who all worked on the project um and one of whom even achieved his mvq level two 
while working on the project. So I really like how they invested in the next generation. And that really yeah. then ties into the theme of the podcast today. Absolutely. Which um, leads, me, leads me nicely to introduce Ruth Scarrett. Um, so Ruth uh, has joined, is joining us on the podcast today. She joined us a, a couple of months ago from the Canal and River Trust. And her specialism really is careers. So she's not from the roofing industry, but she's from that career sector. She really understands how to help sectors get more people into their industry. And she has been working nonstop since she started about developing a really exciting new service for NFRC. And she's going to talk to us about that today and how that fits into the context of what we're seeing in the wider industry in terms of skill shortages and um, our members who are really struggling to recruit currently. So Ruth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So just to begin, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the whole world of careers and what does a head of careers even mean anyway? That's fine. No problem. So a little bit about me and my background. Um, I've been in the career sector now for nearly 20 years. Um, (laughs) And as part of the, the initial, my initial career was very much focused on supporting hard to help people who had been unemployed for a long time that was very much an introduction to actually not everybody has the same level of opportunity and 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 level of drive even to to secure a decent career for themselves um then as we do i had children and realized that actually i wanted to support lone parents into employment because again i was it came from a very privileged background and appreciated that not everybody did have those same opportunities as i did um a few years later i realized that actually i wanted to get to people earlier in their career um, journeys because ultimately if we don't help and support others to set up in their careers and start off on the right footing it becomes harder and harder the older you get in order to move over into a career that you want Mm -hmm. so that's when I entered into the wonderful world of apprenticeships initially with a chamber of commerce so a very traditional uh, organization that then followed into moving into a very large global organization who were very focused on the the old bums on seats attitude Mm. which very quickly I realized that didn't fit with my moral compass about how actually employing young people supporting them with the problems and challenges they have and ultimately seeing them succeed that didn't really meet with the type of organization I was working for at the time. There was then an introduction of something called the apprenticeship levy, which probably struck fear into a lot of people a few years ago um, and then moved into the organisation that I've just come from, which was in the charitable sector, where a significant proportion of their levy was being basically siphoned off and we as an organization had to recruit more apprentices and upskill using the apprenticeship levy because otherwise we'd lose it back to government. That then led me to the NFRC Um, and from from my very brief time with the NFRC to date, it's very clear that the NFRC are very supportive of businesses to actually grow their own workforce, whether that's through new talent, so things like recruiting trainees, apprentices, graduates, or alternatively actually supporting their own workforce to grow and develop so they mm-hmm. themselves invest back in their own career routes yeah so that's that makes sense. Sense. <laughs> so you're in a nutshell <laughs> that's me in um, a nutshell 
<laughs> so you sort of mentioned, obviously, you've been with us a little while now, but obviously, um, your first sort of foray into the roofing sector. Um, what have you sort of seen within the roofing industry at the moment in terms of employment uh, opportunities and skill levels and things? Um, so, firstly, I think it's really important to state that everybody from my conversations with with employers are everybody is incredibly busy mm-hmm. and as we all know employment and offering employment or wanting to grow your workforce through skills is is time consuming yes. and can sometimes feel really complicated and difficult to progress through yeah. so a lot of the time at the moment, individuals want to do the right thing when it comes to employment and skills, but finding the time and resource and energy to do it and then mm-hmm. for it to be effective mm-hmm. has been a massive challenge. Yeah. Um, what's also interesting to note, though, is that a lot of roofing organisations want to do well when it comes to offering opportunity or growing their workforce. So it's not a case of not wanting to but sometimes I think the feedback has been to date, it's just difficult to know where to start and what yeah. to prioritise and what to focus on. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so Ruth, um, we're hearing about skill shortages all across construction. Um, it's often in the in the headlines and all the construction press. Um, so what is it about roofing? Is there a particular skill shortage in roofing or is it just part of the general skill shortage we're seeing across the industry? So that is a really complex question to answer so I'll try and keep it as simple as I can. We like Um, to challenge our guests you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So according to our last survey 77% of roofing contractors reported recruitment difficulties so that is very consistent as you quite rightly point out across the construction sector. Everybody whether it's new talent or existing professionals everybody is in the same boat. So that's one positive, I guess, for for skill shortages is that it's everywhere. However, what's most interesting to me is that the roofing sector traditionally has had a harder time of it than other construction sectors. So as a little example for you, at the moment, there are 171 roofing apprentices enrolled. That's across England. Okay. That sounds like actually that's a decent amount of people for a for a very specialist construction area. However, just as a demonstrable comparable, the same period we have three thousand three hundred and ninety six bricklayers enrolled, and carpentry is at nine thousand one hundred and thirty three apprentices. So for the same period, those two other construction trades are very much attracting young people and moving them through the process of of recruitment and training. So why is the roofing sector so different? I think there's two reasons. One is that traditionally it's been really difficult for um, employers to attract new people to the sector, whether it's because of the, the, the public's view of what roofing looks like, but also parents are very cons- concerned about how their young person or their child s- selects their career of choice. So unless they've had a direct experience of a roofer having a fantastic career with the prospects and with the wage that's attached to it, etc., they're not to know how safe and how appropriately managed it is and everything that that no one has an an insight into that career choice so instead they go to what they know which is unfortunately the very 
small minority of cowboy builders that get a lot of attention through um, the media. So it tends to be a disconnect between reality of the opportunity and actually what they believe the reality to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense. That makes sense. And um, you've mentioned um, the apprenticeship levy and, and so on. Why do you think the apprenticeship stats are so low in particular? What's an, what why why the opportunity is not out there for people? Um, I think, again, there's two main reasons. The first one is um, there is less training provision for roofing than there is for bricklaying and carpentry. Uh, every college and their dog offer bricklaying and carpentry, whereas there's only approximately 10 to 15 training providers nationally, including Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland, that actually offer roofing training when it comes to early entry. So that's one. So less employers being therefore the 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 problem with that is that therefore the business development teams of the training companies aren't contacting the roofing contractors to encourage them to take on new starts or encouraging them to upskill. I see. I think I think the only other the other challenge has been is that um Unfortunately, the roofing um, apprenticeship doesn't cover all disciplines either. Currently, that is in development to be improved and changed. However, right now, the roofing sector only has limited options. And then within those limited options, there are further limitations with lack of specialism. So we in the NFRC are very keen to continue that lobbying to improve that viewpoint. But at the moment, that's why employers are offering less opportunity than other construction counterparts. Yeah. So it's all a bit doom and gloom, isn't it, at the moment? It sounds it, and I don't mean it to be. <laughs> well, that, that leads me to my next question, which is the way forward. So what what are you in your new role doing about it? And what is the NFRC and the rest of the industry going to do about this problem? Okay, so initially, let's make it easier for employers who want to recruit do, to do that effectively. So we are really pleased to be launching the NFRC career service, which includes a website which promotes the roofing sector to young people, their parents and influencers and career changers. So let's not forget that we can attract people from different areas of uh, the, the workplace and encourage them to come and, and give roofing a go. Um, but also more importantly, in, in, in initially, is about us creating the employer part of the career service website. This will demystify the... <laughs> The, the way of recruitment, the way of what does the early careers programs look like? How can I go about this in a good way? What does it mean when I need to recruit um, with diversity and inclusion? What does that all mean? What does that all look like? At the moment, you probably have to visit five or six websites before you even find out how to recruit mm-hmm. one person onto an apprenticeship. We are collating all of that information for the the roofing sector to say this is how you do it this is a very clear very straightforward this is your to-do list this is what you need to think about and consider but also creating the message of actually we at the nfrc are committed to this this is one of our strategic priorities and this is very much where we're investing our time and energy and resources hence why they're created my role (laughs) Um, And would you say that um, the roofing industry is missing out on some key opportunities? Obviously, we've got a hugely diverse population in the UK. Are we missing some obvious um, sort of, you know, um, you know, sectors that that should be approached and aren't being? 
Absolutely. So just to give some context to that, approximately 20% of the population are aged 16 to 24. One in five of those are from a BAME background, so an, an ethnic minority, and obviously half a female. So at the moment, we've got less than, this is again across the construction sector, but I have a feeling that this replicates the roofing sector. 2% are female in a trade-based role in the construction sector. So we're massively missing a trick on that. The fact that that, that that many millions of people that we're not currently attracting to the sector. But also it's not, as I say, it's not necessarily an individual um, organization's fault. It's just a case of the, the, the sector coming together and having a real collaborative push to make this better. Yeah. And that's not to say that you've not been trying to make it better. Any listeners who have been trying to recruit, <laughs> trying to retain their staff and trying to develop their organisation so they do have the talent pipeline they need for the future. No one is saying you've not been doing that. No. I just think a lot of it is there's been a lot of disconnect between what individual organisations are wanting to achieve versus what the sector needs to achieve to grow and thrive. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. And on, the, on that point then, so if you are a roofing contractor listening to this podcast and you're thinking, gosh, I'm really struggling to find labour right now, I want to do something about it, what would you um, advise for them to be thinking about as we go into next year? I think there's three main things to think about. If you are struggling to recruit, start to look at why. Is it because you are advertising opportunities that don't sound particularly exciting and interesting and engaging to the audience? Is it that you're not maybe being as aware of inclusive language that you could be? Whatever it is that you need to look at, let's look internally first to see, right, what am I saying and putting out there and how can I make it better? That's what I'm here to support and help with, by the way. So if you remember, that is absolutely fine. Pick up the phone or drop me an email at careers at nfrc.co.uk. More than happy to pick that up straight away with you to really deep dive into your particular circumstances and challenges. But also, if it isn't about attraction, you're getting applications, you're getting people turning up for interview and you're starting them, but then very quickly you're losing that talent. It's a little bit of a different switch. Let's look at your company culture. Let's look at what that experience has been for those new starters who have chosen not to remain with you. And again, let's look at starting exploring your retention strategies. So it's two things, really. It's whether it's the attraction piece that's the challenge or it's the retention piece that's the challenge. Yeah. Either of those, more than happy to support with. And obviously, the, careers port, the uh, career service will also have that support there for people if you're a non-member. I'm I'm sure there's an awful lot of the content that you've talked about, Ruth, that's going to resonate um, with with the, our listeners today, and and to hear that that support is available to them is going to be really useful. Um, can you just remind them where they can go to to find out more information? Where's that careers portal available? Absolutely. So the NFRC Roofing Careers Service will be on our website. So it's nfrc.co.uk forward slash careers. Hopefully that's nice and easy for everybody. So nfrc.co.uk forward slash careers. Uh, and as I say, if it's something that's the burning question that you need just a little bit of a direct answer to, again, my inbox is open at careers at nfrc.co.uk. 
And and Ruth, just to clarify, the website, is that open for everyone or is it just for members? Absolutely. So again, this was a conversation that I was very, very passionate about in that this is um, an an ongoing challenge for the sector total. This isn't just what NFRC members are reporting back. This is across Mm -hmm. the construction sector. So for that reason, 100%, this is open to all. The the career service is an online um, careers portal to support the sector rather than just for members. That's fantastic. Great. So if you're listening, make sure you check out the career service on our website. We'll include a link in the description of this podcast as well. So Ruth, obviously this has been um, quite a a wake-up call for the industry in terms of skill shortages and you know um, labour shortages and all of that. But can you start talking about some of the positive things that are happening in the industry? Because obviously we've got some fantastic case studies from our members and from apprentices um, from across the whole industry. Could you just talk about some of those? Absolutely, Phil. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about the positives, <laughs> because ultimately we need to have a balance here. Yeah, it's not um, all doom and gloom. <laughs> no, it's definitely not. Um, so as part of our uh, career service, we will be promoting those really positive case studies from both new entrants, career changes, but also employers to talk about actually investing in this space. What does that mean and what does that bring back to them? So again, if you want to promote any of your more success stories about either recruiting talent or developing your existing staff or even supporting and coaching others to set themselves up in the roofing sector, 100% want to hear those positive stories. So do feel free to drop me a line with that. Um, there's organisations that are investing in their own career, their own career services, whether it's training centres for existing staff or even going into partnership with training providers and then developing a joint offer for the sector where the employer provides the technical um, knowledge and the the, um, opportunities at the back end and the training provider comes in and delivers the training that's needed for those individuals to become uh, qualified in what they need to be qualified in. So um, we've also developed RoofSir, as we know, which is a very much skills-based um, accreditation scheme that really demonstrates that actually roofing is a high high end quality profession that you need to demonstrate competency in in order to be successful. So there, are, there it is not all doom and gloom. It is not all negative. Um, and again, very much happy to put people in touch with those organisations that are doing a good job to, to to share that learning and best practice. Yeah, and it's also worth saying as well that a lot of our members have been involved with Kickstart. And even though that scheme's coming to an end now, um, that we have a lot of positive case studies that have come from that. So just a thank you to all of those members who've been involved in that scheme as well. Um, So Pip, do you have any further questions for Ruth? No, I don't think so. It's really interesting. I think um, hopefully it sort of um, highlights a lot of the challenges that our members and, and listeners know about and that we're sort of re- really trying our absolute best to support the industry to move forward out of the current situation. So, no, really interesting yeah. stuff. Thank you, Ruth. Yeah, it's, no, it's been really interesting because with our member survey throughout this year, you know, material shortages has been a top concern. And then the last quarter, um, skill shortages uh, matched material shortages. And my prediction is that that could be overtaken in the next quarter so i think as we go into next year even if members are now getting the materials they've got nobody to put the materials together on the roof so actually 
having this career service now is such good timing and and really it's it's really encouraging Ruth that you're here with with the industry and we're actually doing something positive to change this now and not just putting out the the scary headlines around skills shortages so <laughs> it's really fantastic and thank you so much Ruth for your time today and talking to us about this and I hope everyone listening will really get behind this initiative and really try and get more people into our fantastic sector so thank you very much no problem can i just jump in with one last thing before of i go course. if that's okay yes. fantastic so i'm very conscious that some of what we've talked about today is nothing new this has been a challenge for a number of years if not mm. decades so what why do this now why address any of this now is that if we don't eventually there will be a case of we'll have to fighting amongst ourselves to try and pinch labour from each other. And that has been the norm for a very long time. And we know that wages can't continue to increase at the levels that they do, because ultimately that impacts on bottom line. So if you don't do something different, it doesn't just need to be from a moral societal perspective of it's because we need to because it's the right thing to do if you don't do it for the right thing to do for society do it for the right thing for your bottom line because without attracting that new talent and developing your existing colleagues and your existing potential leaders of the future all the way through that career cycle there will be a point where you'll just not be able to take the work on that you need to grow Mm -hmm. And as we see the rise of modern methods of construction and new technology, Absolutely. you know, clients ultimately, they need a roof putting on. And if they can't find a roofing contractor to do it or any labourers to do it, they will find another way. And it could mean that <clears throat> there's less work for our industry because they're going to other parts of, of the industry where they, they can do it. Um, so, yeah, there's a commer- definitely a commercial reason there as well, isn't there, for the future of our industry. It's not just about doing the right thing, which, of course, is is a good reason to do it anyway. But of course, there is that commercial side too. So that's a really important point. Thank you, Ruth. Great. So one last time, Ruth, what's the website that members can go to? Sure. So it's nfrc.co.uk forward slash careers. And my contact details are careers at nfrc.co.uk. Brilliant. Thank you very much. So that's it for this episode of Rooftop. Firstly, congratulations to all those who won the award at this year's UK Roofing Awards and to all the sponsors who so kindly supported the event. Thank you especially to Ruth for being our special guest today. We hope that you have enjoyed listening and please do share with your friends and colleagues via social media. And we hope that you'll tune in to the next episode. So it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Back on.